September is September on Twitch. You can subscribe to Geek Therapy on Twitch for 50% off one month at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. We are a show about learning to understand each other and ourselves through the media we care about and watch a lot. I'm your host, Lauren Keller, and with me are my two awesome co-hosts, Brandon Saxton, Dr. Brandon Saxton. Hello. And Laura Taylor. Hey! All right, so Josue is not here this week, so we're going to go wild. Party! We're actually going to get soft and cozy, and we're going to pull up some warm, fuzzy blankets, maybe throw on some slippers, and we're going to talk about comfort media. Hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about... Uh, well, actually, let me give the background for this. The original idea I had was I was reminded that when I was a kid... Anytime I would stay home sick from school, I would almost always watch the uh, <laughs> the movie Sound of Music because it was two VHS tapes. So I would watch the first VHS tape in the morning and then take a nap and then watch the second VHS tape in the afternoon. And then by then somebody would be home and I wouldn't be home alone anymore. And I thought that was a funny story. and I wanted to see if anybody else had weird stories about that. Uh, and... Laura did, but I Brandon did. Brandon's too cool, and he <laughs> didn't ever get sick, I guess, y- no. Y- you know, <laughs> I, I, th- I did get sick, and I thought about it a little bit, <laughs> and I think that if there was a show that I watched often when I was homesick, it was Judge Judy, and the oh, reason being yeah. because my parents watched Judge Judy, and if you're homesick, you don't get the, you know, you don't get TV priority, maybe, and so Judge Judy might be on the TV, and so I think even to this day, I, I have a little happy, cozy feeling when I see that <laughs> that grumpy old Judge Judy uh, really doling That's out the so justice. Funny. Yeah. Staying home sick was the only time I got to pick what we watch on TV. So okay, I'm like, sure. hell yeah, time to watch some uh, Murder, She Wrote, and, <laughs> and The Price is Right. Hell yeah. We had two TVs, so my mom and my dad, well, my dad was usually at work, but my mom would watch uh, Court TV or whatever mm-hmm. in the other room, and mm-hmm. I'd watch either soap operas in the room I was in or... Um, Movies like my dad made me watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is the perfect uh, sick day movie mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he's faking being sick. It's, it's the greatest. It's relevant. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. very thematic. So that's that's what I want to talk about this week. I want to talk about media that you find particularly comforting. Maybe when you you know you watch or read it um, or play it when you're feeling kind of down or under the weather. Or, little sad and um i know we all have media that we've returned to a couple of times across our life but some of it is uh you know a little bit different i I, i'm more focused on the idea of that that comforting feeling of returning to something that you're like "Mm, this is cozy and warm and soft and it feels so good Mm." some of that media for me though is the stuff that 
the media is not so cozy and soft and and feels oh. good, but it makes me feel good. Like, gotcha. I the soap operas, I would watch that over and over. <laughs> I got hooked into them. The drama, the everybody's problems, and they weren't my own problems. I could be like, oh, you have a long lost twin. I just feel sick or I feel sad <laughs> or whatever it is. Uh, same thing with. I think in this conversation when we were talking on the Slack, I mentioned I've watched every single episode of Beverly Hills 90210, the Mm -hmm. original show, at least three times, probably more. And that show is 10 years long. Wow. Yeah, that's a a lot of drama. A lot Mm of, oh, no, Brenda's cheating on (laughs) Dylan. Oh, no, no. not again. Is that a real storyline? Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> Come on. Spoilers from 1990. <laughs> Before I was born. Oh, that makes me feel so sad, Brandon. I know. I'm a baby. <laughs> but uh, no, there's so many, so much drama, and it made me feel kind of okay to be whatever was feeling for whatever I was feeling because. Yeah. Their problems were way worse than mine. (laughs) That's such a good point. And it raises the point that not everything that is maybe comforting or nostalgic for us is necessarily comforting or pleasant um, by definition or the intention or the reason it was created is maybe not for that. It's sort Mm -hmm. of like if we're keeping the, uh, the analogy to kind of a nice cozy blanket, maybe that's kind of like a a rough, a rough kind of dripped up blanket it's not too cozy anymore (laughs) but you're just attached to it and you feel good when you cover up with that blanket it's and it still keeps you you warm yeah for sure it does the job i still feel nice and warm every time i hear just the opening couple notes of that theme song for beverly Mm -hmm. hills on 0210 i just i'm taken right back and it's it's so fun and there's a new reboot on right now that's bringing me some of those nice comfort memories it's a weird it's a weird reboot like they had a reboot it like years ago that was a new cast and they were younger and then totally different story and now this reboot is like the actors playing themselves as if they were trying to create a reboot of the show it's it's so funny it's so funny they're making they're making fun of themselves okay that's nice i guess to be self-aware but yeah hard to follow for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'd have to watch it to, to see it, but yeah, right. to, to get the concept. But it's great. Oh. It sounds good. And it, what's most important is that it works for you, and it makes you feel good. And it's that mm, good comfort media. Yeah, I'm just eat mm-hmm. it up and feel better. Exactly. <laughs> Does this relate to uh, research about death in video games? Is that comfort media? Are those different sides of the spectrum? Is this a tangent? Think- I'm not sure. I think there's um, perhaps some overlap, but uh, I think I was just mostly interested in it because I, I I guess I was sort of thinking about how our interaction with with media is so mm-hmm. different now than it was when you know when I was growing up, when you were growing up, and uh, you know I think about a lot of the the media I watched as a kid, and I. I had like the most basic cable um, or no cable. I had, I only had local channels 
and then like a VCR with whatever VHS tapes that we had. And so Mm -hmm. I was very limited in like, you know, what I could convince my parents to rent from Blockbuster or what I could borrow from a friend. And so it's interesting to think about, you know, what what we find comforting and, and you you mentioned this earlier Brandon is touching on that sort of nostalgia factor is certainly mm-hmm. certainly coming up for me in this conversation but um it's interesting to think about how different it would be if i was growing up right now and the ability to watch like a bajillion different things mm-hmm. i wonder what would what i would consider mm-hmm. comfort media in that instance because i know i mean i know teens that like watch the office and parks and rec like all the time (laughs) like they just play it on loop on netflix all the time Mm -hmm. and and so it's like for them that's their comfort media even though it's kind of a little bit older than you know it was not necessarily made for them but it's become part of that comfort and um I, I, it's just really interesting to think about because I'm like, for me, one of my comfort movies is uh, the the Mortal Kombat movie. Oh wow! And the Mighty uh-huh. Morphin Power Rangers movies mm-hmm. because Absolutely. I had them on VHS tape, and so I'd put them on, and they're silly and lighthearted. And if you fall asleep, it doesn't matter if you miss any plot points. It's great. It's mm-hmm. it's like really, I I you know probably not anybody who's you know thirteen fourteen right now is watching Mortal Kombat as a comfort movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, they might be watching stuff like, um, uh, you know, watching The Office on Netflix or or other, like, long-running shows that, you know, were syndicated or are sort of equivalently syndicated now. It's it's very confusing. Netflix is a, a wild frontier, I swear. Well, yeah, that's a very different experience that they're having now. But if they had the experience like my dad when I was sick and I couldn't decide what I wanted to watch, he would go rent a thing at Blockbuster Mm. or give me one of his movies, one of his favorite movies to watch. That's why I watched Ferris Bueller. I had never seen it. And he's like, how have you not seen it? So he put it on for me. He would make me watch things like Romancing the Stone, uh... I don't know. I think that might have been when I was young. I watched Indiana Jones for the first time because he was uh, making me watch it and I loved it. Uh, and nowadays, like, I don't rewatch anything. I don't have enough time to rewatch anything because there's too much media out mm-hmm. there. And I wonder yeah. if kids are having the experience of maybe they watch what their parents say hey maybe you should watch this if you're feeling sick and maybe their thing instead of indiana jones or romancing the stone or ferris bueller it's mortal Kombat or <laughs> power rangers or something i don't know yeah i mean when i think about my my more recent comfort media i mean that includes uh the good place and um steven universe and over the garden wall um those are all, you know, way more recent pieces of media. Um, I accessed them, you know, through the internet originally and stuff like that. And it, it's um, it's interesting because I can see this sort of separation between when I was a kid, it's very much tied to what, what media I had access to and of those things, what became important to me. And now it's more focused on the way, like, the show or movie makes me feel Mm -hmm. 
less than I guess is I can be more discerning in my choices and it's like you know watching Great British Bake Show is absolutely like comfort food it's like if I'm feeling depressed I'm gonna put on some bakes Mm -hmm. and listen to the the nice exciting music and watch Paul Hollywood stick his fingers and breads and cakes and it's it's a lovely time Uh, yeah I just um I'm really intrigued by the way, I guess, that we associate media with with the idea of being comfort media. Like, how how do we find comfort in this media, and then how do we like assign that that designation to the media that we watch? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what my comfort media like now would be, mm-hmm. and I think it's one of the few things that I would. Hmm, there's a few things I would rewatch over and over and again. Uh, now uh harry potter those mm. movies mm-hmm. uh star wars any of the star wars movies and lord of the rings mm. uh any of those movies and i think for me i find comfort because the world is so gray and there's no black mm-hmm. and white these over the top good versus evil mm-hmm. like get those bad guys and like I mean, with Harry Potter, it's just fun. At least the first few movies, I think, are the ones that are more my comfort. Like, Mm -hmm. I really like Chamber of Secrets. Uh, I think that's my favorite one. Uh, And I think it's just like, okay, Ron and Harry and Hermione are going to get into some hijinks. Oh, let's follow them. And you know what? I can get lost in the story and the fantasy of it all and not worry about whatever's making me feel bad or however physically ill I'm feeling. Uh, And maybe because I know the story, like you said, Lauren, you don't really have to pay attention and you can kind of pass out and not wake up and be like, oh, they won the battle. It's done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think that that might be part of it for me. The predictability is kind of what I hear you saying. There's something comfortable in in that piece. Mm -hmm. Is that part of it? Part of it, part mm-hmm. of it, yeah, I think so. And then what, like from before, the their problems are bigger than mine, right? Yeah, I think, I think I have three tiers of comfort media pr- at present. Um, and as I was kind of thinking about this before, I was thinking about the last, uh, you know, maybe ten years, I guess, and kind of what that's looked like. And so, one for me is definitely The Office. I have watched very literally i've probably watched all of the office at least 20 times um (laughs) in like not just passively watched it like it's it's a it's actually probably a shameful amount of time i've spent watching the office but when i've been in some low spots before and needed some comfort media that was always a go-to for me and continues to be i think i'll probably have to look into picking up a box set or something um as it is being removed from netflix Uh, Uh, another one for me that was especially a source of of comfort particularly during graduate school was the adventure zone podcast um Mm -hmm. which i think both of you i think are familiar with um and probably lots of people listening as well it is a well it's on just actually finishing tomorrow i think their second main kind of storyline but the first storyline in particular was pretty special i think and the there's the, also uh 
graphic novels of the yes. first two yes. chapters out yes. now at your local comics <laughs> shop. The second one is sitting one inch away from me right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, will you send it to me when you're done? I will, yes. <laughs> um, and so I think particularly because there were a lot of times, and I'm sure both of you can relate to this in graduate school, where maybe watching TV while I was working wasn't always practical, but listening to something is usually pretty easy and accessible. So being able to listen to that podcast was really a source of comfort for me through a lot of tough times and really busy periods of work during graduate school. And certainly, I mean, a lot of my dissertation was written while listening to The Adventure Zone. And I've certainly listened to all of the episodes of their first major arc a couple of times. And there are 69 episodes, so that's a pretty good chunk of time that, nice. that went in. Yep, thank you. I was hoping someone would grab that. <laughs> um, and and uh, so that was a good one. And then I think the third one is a video game, um, which is a game that... I have streamed before on our awesome Geek Therapy streaming Twitch account, which is a game called, um, oh no, this is embarrassing. FTL. Isn't it? Thank you. Jeez. My brain stopped working for a second. As always, you know the media before I even have to say it. FTL, um, which is such a great game, even if I forgot the title of it. Uh, <laughs> so good and so special and has such a like a, a really special, fun soundtrack. And in college, when I lived in the dorms, one of my very close childhood friends lived next door. And he used to play... Well, I, he probably has a thousand hours of FTL locked on his Steam account, and he played a lot of it with the music very loud. So I have kind of like peaceful memories of when my life was simpler, living you know on campus early in my college education, not many responsibilities, uh, listening to the FTL music kind of float through the hallway uh, or through the wall. So I, and so the kind of ranking of these kind of depends on how much attention I need to devote. So like if I'm, you know, intentionally actively working on something, I'll prop and I need a, you know, some comfort media, I probably listen to the adventure zone. If it's maybe a little bit more passive, maybe I'm working on something, um, but it doesn't require my full attention. Maybe I turn on the office and if I just need that comfort media, but I'm not actively working on something, maybe I fire up FTL. So just kind of depending on the context and my needs and how much cognitive faculties I have available to me, it might change which comfort media um, I might, you know, lean to in that moment. That's a great point. Um, that it reminded me that, like, definitely what kind of mood I'm in at that moment depends on what kind of comfort media I will uh, aim for. Is like, if I'm feeling real down and sad and lonely, I'm more likely to put on uh, an episode of Playing House, which is a, a great show about female friendship, and it's it's cute, lighthearted comedy. If I'm, you know, more on the, I just, you know, want to put on something that I don't have to invest a lot of brain power into, and, and it's comforting in, in that way, it's like, oh, I'll, you know, maybe be more likely to put on some episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Because I find that real funny, but it's uh, maybe less less fulfilling of the like warm friendship <laughs> niceness side that I would get from watching Playing House instead. It's very interesting because, Brendan, you mentioned listening to the podcast while you're trying to get things done for grad school. When I was in grad school, I I can't focus if there's things with words. So 
I, when I was stressed out, I would, and, and trying to get these papers done or whatever, I would put on instrumental music. Mm. Like, that would be a thing. And it's very interesting. What I found calming was I had a Pandora station that was Game of Thrones soundtrack. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, and it, I mean, it felt empowering and comforting, just like the beats to the music and, um, not even necessarily, cause there are some soundtracks I listen to and I know like what those pieces of music, what moment those are from and stuff. And this just gave me this general sense of like power and battle and it, I'm fighting this paper and trying to get it done and I was motivated and music is really ha- has been super important to me in in my life. And um, there was a time, long time ago, uh, when I went through a breakup that I ended up feeling like in high school I could listen to music when I was feeling down. And then I went through this breakup as an adult, and for some reason, sad music made me more sad, and I didn't want to be sad. And happy music made me angry, and I didn't want to be angry. So I stopped listening to music and I started listening to talk radio in the car, which is really bizarre. I hate, I hated it at the time, (laughs) Um, but I, but I enjoyed it hearing different takes on things. And so that's kind of turned into listening to podcasts and listening to catching up on all the geek therapy network podcasts. And then more recently D 20 dames, amazing actual play podcast that is hilarious and makes me laugh and makes me feel comforted even in the car with traffic all around me in the San Francisco Bay area. Uh, And it, it it really helped me get through this like period of just starting my new job. And, and I could kind of escape the stress of the new job and transition home by going on this amazing D and D adventure with, with, them befriending all kinds of monsters and and flipping the the stereotypical D D narrative on its head and it was great <laughs> oh that's that's so funny you you you've both totally reminded me um i didn't really think too much about music but laura i'm the same way as you like if i'm reading or writing for homework i can't listen to music with lyrics in it because my brain prioritizes human words i guess <laughs> yeah when i'm typing and listening to music the lyrics will yep. end up on the yep. on the paper exactly i'm all like what drop the beat that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> um so yeah i also will listen to a lot of um video game music but what you reminded me of is uh the silent hill soundtracks and, and they're mm. like industrial and spooky scary and kind of loud sometimes but I put those on um I mean I usually would save that for like fall winter semester because it matches foggy Santa Cruz more if I'm listening to the Silent mm-hmm. Hill music when it's all gray outside but yeah I definitely have like really comforting like you know sitting in my PJs and my bathrobe at my desk sitting down and you know writing out a paper and listening to Silent Hill soundtrack, hmm, that's nice. That's peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting stalked by monsters, but it's fine because I'm working on my homework. Right. Comforting. <laughs> Comforting. <laughs> Do your homework or you'll get eaten. <laughs> yeah, what's more scary, the monsters or the homework? Mm-hmm. Oh, deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh boy. The Geek Therapy Twitch channel is one more way we connect with the community, reach out to new people, and create more opportunities for discussing and learning about mental health and psychology. For example, every time one of our streamers is live, links to mental health resources come up in the chat. Patrick O'Connor even does bonus activities for his psychology courses when he streams. Follow Geek Therapy on Twitch at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. And September is September on Twitch, so all new one-month subs are 50% off. Just $2.50. Oh, and if you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch sub every month. So if you're not using it, please consider subbing to Geek Therapy. Follow or subscribe at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. Uh, well, Brandon, I want to hear some some more of yours. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about oh, our, no. our comfort stuff. Those are my three big ones. Three big ones. Um, other other ones. I mean, I have kind of. There are other podcasts that I listen to that I think are are pretty comforting. I so if you really, I think, um, distilled. If, you know, if you put all of my comfort media and you and you sifted through it and looked for the common denominator, it really is um comedy i think it's things that make me laugh for sure mm-hmm. is a big part yeah. of it so of course the adventure zone very funny um everyone who's familiar with the brothers McElroy know that they're a very funny trio and their dad is hilarious as well with his antics of of generally not knowing how to play D. Um, so that's a very funny podcast. Their other show that I listened to, My Brother, My Brother and Me, also very funny. Um, got to see that live. Griffin tipped over backwards in his chair on stage. Very hilarious. Um, <laughs> thankfully, it wasn't hurt, but he did ask someone to get him like an Advil, I think. Um, you know, and, and another podcast I know I've, I think I've referenced on this show before is The Weekly Planet. So I like to listen to that as well. They talk about comic books, movies, um, video games maybe a tiny bit but mostly comics and movies and tv shows and they're very funny as well so a lot of it is really funny stuff for sure um and and i think i you know you asked a question earlier i think which was what makes certain media comfort media for people and i've i have to admit i've kind of been puzzling over that ever since you asked it and i think it's a really interesting question and in some ways i think it's potentially a a good research question i don't know if people have studied that or looked at what i mean how do you define i guess or measure comfort um and how do you ask people to rate that there's a lot of stuff that probably has to happen before you start looking at that but i think it's a really interesting question and i caught myself wondering about how much how much nostalgia plays a role in that certainly i think a pretty big role when we're thinking about you know kind of the impetus for the topic which was um, what did you watch when you were homesick and you as a child? And mm-hmm. so I think nostalgia plays a big role in that. And I don't know if it's just my failing uh, PhD clouded memory that I don't remember like what <laughs> media I consumed when I was young. Um, and that kind of led me to focus on more like what do I consume as an adult when I need a mood boost? Um, and certainly I think there's less nostalgia probably involved in the things that I consume as an adult. So I don't know. I'm, it's got, you've really got me curious now though. What are, obviously there's a lot of individual difference factors, probably about the person and the media that makes, um, certain media identifies comforting to certain people, but I'm really puzzling over that right now. It's such an interesting question, I think. Yeah. That was my mini rant. I didn't answer your question more about my company. <laughs> I've just posed, let's design a study is more of how I answered your question. 
Well, I'm also intrigued. Um, yeah, when I when I look at my my loose list of things that came to mind as I pondered this topic, um, I, I agree. Most of it is is comedy or comedy leaning, um, and then there's sort of a divide between like you know childhood and sort of the nostalgia factor, and then more recent stuff where I don't know that it necessarily has the nostalgia factor so much. But it's interesting to look at it, look at that. It, it you've got me thinking a little bit. Not to make this too research oriented, but I'm thinking a little bit about some of the research that I did and published in graduate school. A lot of my early work, actually, during my first few years and my master's thesis, really looked at um, how emotions influence our attention and our memory and just other components of cognition. And mm-hmm. as a part of that research, I had to do emotion induction kind of tasks in the lab where I would bring people in and induce specific emotional states in them. And that got me really interested in the process of emotion induction and all of the various ways that researchers induce emotion in participants. Um, because I think before you could do that research really well, you had to understand that process. So I got very interested and invested in that literature. How do we get people to feel things? And so I'm wondering if that kind of plays a role maybe in what drives what most people maybe would define as comfort media. So I'm, you know, I'm thinking, for example, a lot of people like scary movies or, um, you know, maybe like drama or action or things like that. But it seems like, at least for our small sample of three, a big common denominator seems to be maybe comedy, at least as a part of it. And so I mm-hmm. wonder if that is a part of what drives it, maybe. Maybe it's more about when your mood is in a place where you want it just to be better overall, it's really driven by what's going to induce positive affect in me. And maybe that's just by a byproduct of that. Maybe we just want to feel good. So funny things tend to make us feel better than maybe if we're already not feeling good, we're not going to be cheered up by watching a slasher horror movie, (laughs) even if that's something that we might enjoy otherwise, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I like a lot your of thoughts. thoughts. I'm throwing I thoughts like all thoughts. over. I'm just chucking my them. my my thought spaghetti out the wall here and seeing what yeah. sticks. Yeah, I'm looking at the. I, I only surprisingly, I only put three games on my okay. list, and one of them is Peggle, and one mm-hmm. of them is just sort of generic match three games like Bejeweled mm-hmm. and such, Love and Bejeweled. then The Sims. And all three of those games are, like, not very difficult. They Mm -hmm. do big, like, confetti bombs and firework shows every time you finish a level. You're always progressing and getting new things. In The Sims, there's not even really, like goals it's just kind of do what you want play house it's fun and and i i think that totally fits with what you're saying it's like when i'm in sort of a bad mood i want that immediately like i want to hit that 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 feel good Mm -hmm. button in my brain Mm -hmm. and and things like peggle will immediately do that because you know a two and a half minute game and then it plays loud exciting music for me and tells me i'm the winner in rainbow font and it's like hell yeah i'm the winner it's like that is definitely more likely to get me immediately into a better mood than say, you know, it's, it's even something I love like Baldur's Gate, like mm-hmm. sitting down and 
making a character and doing like the the tutorial intro levels and all that stuff it's not going to be as quick to get me that like even with the nostalgia mm-hmm. factor it's not going to be quick enough to get me that like oh yeah feel good and it takes a lot of brain power to build that character mm-hmm. yeah and- more reading more time mm-hmm. all that stuff more strategizing with Pe- with peggle it's just all like well this seems like a good idea <laughs> and then it was yay or it wasn't lol <laughs> Yeah, and and Brandon, I think you're on to something with that comedy thing, because even in my list of a lot of dramas, there's comedy, Mm. uh, but also, along with Lauren's point, the the feeling good and whatever with the dramas, part of that is it, it... gives me the the oh my gosh this is so ridiculous this is funny like they have long lost twins and somebody has a family member that came back from the dead on my soap operas or like with harry potter there's so much comedy in that even though there's drama uh and and it just feels good to have that that fun and the and the excitement and the feeling that you're part of an adventure yeah, Finding Nemo is is on my list, and oh, a big part yeah. of that is because of how many like really funny jokes it has in it. Uh, when I was in like high school and early college, is when I first started like really getting into horror. But I would still have problems with like watching horror movies at night, and so Finding Nemo was almost always my like I'm gonna just watch this before bed, and it's like 20 minutes in, and I'll fall asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's comforting. I feel, it I feel me like at night. Disney movies are are a good comfort media for me. Like, I think I've watched Lion King a bazillion times, mm-hmm. and every time I put it on, <laughs> yeah, it makes me sad. Okay, and and Josue and I did a whole episode on the happiest pot on earth about Lion King and how sad it makes me, but also. The music is so good. I know the music. I can sing it and belt it out and I, I and feel happy and dance with the songs. And most Disney movies are like that for me. I think if I'm really feeling down, I can just pop one of those in mm-hmm. or a soundtrack to one of those or put on my Spotify playlist or whatever and really like get into it and and love the joy that comes out of that and Mm -hmm. part of that is like the memories of childhood but part of it is just makes you feel good to to sing the songs and watch people or lions in the lion king do funny (laughs) things right it's great yeah yeah i've definitely got i've got a couple of musical things that are are comforting me i mean i i started with the sound of music and that's Mm -hmm. a musical but also like the musical episode of buffy is definitely one of my Mm -hmm. my comfort things to just throw on um steven universe now like Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that i have like not a ton of music downloaded onto my phone but But the entirety of steven universe not (laughs) only like like I have that Spotify playlist, but I download it so I can listen to it even if I am not on on Wi-Fi or data. Like, that's how much I'm like, if I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to put on some Steven Universe. I'm going to belt it out. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Immediate mood boost. <laughs> you know what's awesome is having a wife who knows half the songs on ukulele and can just belt them out in the car it's oh on a road goodness. trip. It's great. Yes, we're all very jealous of your wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 A uh, giant woman is the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've jogged my memory about more comfort media now. Yes. 
more of Brandon's comfort media. Yes, I'm I'm ready to divulge. Uh, thinking of music, this is maybe a little bit random, but one soundtrack that just I can't help but cheer up a little when I hear it is the soundtrack from the Doom video game. Have oh, either yeah. of you heard this? It is just so ridiculously over the top. It's and great. The, yeah, there's the like really deep demon voice kind of telling the story of the Doom guy. I love that soundtrack, even though it's maybe not traditional, like, cheer me up and sing along with it. It's just so, like, over-the-top fun. I do love to Mm -hmm. listen to that. It's kind of, like, hype music for me. Um, You talk about emotion induction, mm -hmm. like, music, movie soundtracks and game soundtracks. Scores in general are meant to pull the emotion out of you. Absolutely. That's their purpose, for sure. And make you feel things. So, yeah. Yeah, it makes you feel powerful right i'm gonna do the thing for sure and so that's a good one another one is a movie that i kind of recalled that i do like to watch maybe if i'm feeling a bit off it's a little intellectual maybe it's called shrek i don't know if you've either you've seen that (laughs) it's okay i feel like shrek should have been on my list it's kind of a thinker (laughs) you killed lauren (laughs) I broke the, I broke the show. Yeah. <laughs> you, ki- you killed her. <laughs> She's gone forever now. Um, so I do I do like to pop that on uh, as a pick me up. Uh, actually, pretty regularly. I probably turn Shrek on about once a month. It's on Hulu. It's so funny. Um, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. It's so good. I mean that mo- that movie has so many beats. It's it, it's really a hit for me. Um, so that's a goodie. And another thing I got to thinking about, especially I think circling back to video games, that's kind of interesting, I think, is I thought of two, well, I already shared FTL, but I'm comparing it against Stardew Valley, which is a game that I've Mm. spoken about before. That's a comfort game for me. I think I shared that it wasn't a comfort game for one of my friends who found it a little bit anxiety provoking, which I understand. For me, it's so laid back because I'm just, when I'm playing, I'm like, what am I? What am I doing? Living the fast-paced life of a of a psychology resident right now when I could be just inheriting and running a small farm on an island, like that's the peaceful <laughs> life for me. You're uh, like Doctor Baby Brandon could raise chickens. Chickens. Hmm. Where do I get them? At of course at the store that's closed on Mondays or something. Pierce. <laughs> uh, oh no, the chickens you get at at the the house. Uh, anyway, it's sort of beside the point. I don't need to give a play by play of the game. But what's sort of interesting about it is FTL is not like Stardew Valley. No, uh, people who have played those games know this. They are very different. <laughs> FTL is very hard. I've only beaten it twice, and I've played it a lot. Um, but they're both comforting to me, and I think they're comforting for different reasons. Stardew Valley is comforting for me because it is nice escapism. The music is peaceful. The people are nice. I love doing the little romance missions and making my little buddies in town and giving people a cake on their birthday and chopping up onions and stuff. I just love it. It's so peaceful. And so that just kind of feels good to do that stuff. And, and like all of a sudden my farm is automated and that's cool. And I'm have a little horse named Daisy and I like that. So there's a lot of fun stuff about that. FTL is, is a comfort game for me and for a different reason. And it's because I don't think that it inherently maybe boosts my mood because of how it is. Maybe the music does for some of the positive memories associated with it. But FTL is a comfort media for me because 
I can zone out while I play it. It requires mm-hmm. quite a bit of concentration, actually, um, if you want to have sort of any chance of winning. You're constantly pausing, rerouting powers, running your drones, uh, targeting specific subsystems, managing your crew, defending in against like borders on your ship. There's a lot going on almost at any given time, and things can turn south in a second, and you can lose. And so it is comforting to me because I I'm I'm in that kind of flow state i'm zoned out i'm 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 living the mission i'm not distracted by um the worries of the everyday world and my irl life i'm just i'm in the i'm trying to win this space battle so it's kind of interesting to reflect on how they're both meaningful and comforting for me but for really really substantially different reasons yeah yeah the three games that i named earlier definitely fit into those two categories as well um Peggle and the match three games is way more getting into flow state, but mm-hmm. Sims is more just sort of laid back, do whatever impulse I have at any given moment, um, and you know, just sort of more on the creative side and less on the mechanical side. Um, I know Josue uh, wanted to mention that for him, some of his comfort media is uh, twin stick shooters, which, like you're talking about, um, it is very easy to get into the flow state with those kinds of games. I, I, I know I've watched him play, um, I think it's Resogun. It's the one on the PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I watched him play like basically that whole game in one sitting, and it, and it's like you could just totally watch. It's like when he started up the stream, it's like his his like body posture was <laughs> like okay, I, I got you know I'm doing this stream. It's like I, I've set up everything. It's like sort of tense and like okay, is everything working? It seems like everything's working. Okay, I'm gonna sit down and play this game. It's like I watched him just like ooze into flow state mm-hmm. and like totally forget that he was streaming and then he's like oh right i'm supposed to be like talking <laughs> i'm supposed to do things other right, than just right, play right. this game but yeah it's like um that hasn't happened for me on well it, it happened a little bit for me on stream when i played uh risk of rain because mm. that game is very engaging but um definitely is like when you get into those flow states it's, it's so validating and it can totally be a mood boost um for sure yeah i think i definitely if i'm talking games i need things that don't take a lot of brain power Mm -hmm. and you can get into that flow state yeah definitely that's no brain power just just do the thing and feel chill and Mm -hmm. and zone out while you're playing um i'm trying to think of an example i guess breath of the wild Mm. if i'm if i'm oh yeah like i'll just avoid i'll avoid the the battles and the big stuff and just run around and explore <laughs> or try and find some Korok seeds or whatever. But um, that that's definitely a, a game oh, that yeah. I would play to, to feel comforted. And Zelda's always been like a nostalgia thing for me. So mm-hmm. I think that helps you get into that, that feeling of like, oh, this is comfortable and, and, comfortable and known to you and you can just feel good about it and it's a beautiful game with good music Mm -hmm. that's nice and calm and relaxing and it's like putting a little blanket or that soft fuzzy blanket around your shoulders and hunkering down with the controller it's so funny that you mentioned that game i'm i'm having a distinct memory of about it must have been a 
around January, I think. And it was the coldest day of the year here in Fargo. I think it was negative 70. And uh, mm. they actually, like, the mayor of the town was like, the town needs to shut down. Like, n- businesses need to close. And this so, is the time where, like, people went outside and their eyes froze, right? Yes. This yeah. is the time that eyes were freezing. Freezing, Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the dark times is just what we call it now. And I... Um, I stayed home and that January was a pretty busy time for me. I was on the job market. I was trying to finish my dissertation. I was still adjusting to full-time clinical work as an intern. Um, you all know I, w- I was stressed and sleepy and, and a little wore out. And that day that work was closed, I didn't have anything with me at home. I don't think to do any work. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll work on my dissertation. But I, I turned on and played some Breath of the Wild. And I think I played for like eight hours. Yeah. Um, it was in like one sitting. And it was the first time I'd done that in a long time. And it was so special and so recharging and felt so good. Um, and that is such an immersive game. Even if you don't, even if you never see an NPC or do any combat, you could play it for eight hours just walking around and looking at things. It's amazing. Um, so what a great hit that one was. That was a great mention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. I would think that you would go to Zelda, like, first. I know, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm as shocked as anyone. Are you okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah. She's one... still, still shook up from Shrek. Yeah, <laughs> Shrek up. Shrek up. Oh, no. Oh, Shrek up. One thing we haven't mentioned really is reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, this week, we're the twins. We're, we're the <laughs> twins because Sosue is not here. <laughs> uh, and I think, so I don't really read books over and over again. I might read, I think I've read the Harry Potter series like mm-hmm. twice, but those that's because those books are so easy to get through. Yeah. Uh, but in general, rather than a specific thing, I think in general, any fantasy or young adult, something that is that can immerse me in the story uh, is a good comfort media for me. I love reading. And when I'm I, I definitely remember, like, I can just lay in bed with a book in front of me and and read and feel okay putting it down if I'm too tired or my eyes are too watery from being sick or whatever and I can just rest and then I can pick up the book again and it's right there I don't have to do anything the book is right next to me and it just feels good feels good to read a book yeah I wrote I wrote a couple of books on my on my list um one of them is my favorite series the uh Rhapsody uh, I guess there are five of them by Elizabeth Hayden, and that's one of my favorite series. So every, I don't know, every other year or every three years, I go back and revisit it. Um, and then I've also got The um, the Hobbit, because I really loved that as a kid. Um, and it's a real short read, so it's real nice to just pick up and, you know, blow through a couple of chapters and then pass out. Um, Very much not Lord of the Rings. Mm. Not Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Dance. Yeah, you know I've never actually finished Lord of the Rings. Oh. That's fine. I've made, I've made three attempts. I started the first book and I had the book, mm-hmm. and I got to the uh, 
the scene where they're having the fellowship in Rivendell Mm -hmm. and in the like I had already seen the movie and in the movie it's like an eight minute scene (laughs) in the book it's like 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 250 pages and so I gave up and then a couple months later I was like oh I'll give it another try and this time I went on the audiobooks and so I listened to uh all of um, the first one, and then half of the second one, and then I gave up, and then I did that again, but got to the middle of the third book, and so I've never, oh, never so finished close. the third book. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. But The Hobbit, I've probably read like mm. I don't know eight times um, across my life. Uh, more recently, um, Tamara Pierce, her Tortall series, um, I read those when I was in like middle school, and. This past year, I re I, I went back and reread them as an adult for the first time. Um, it was really really nice to to I really like young adult novels. It's nice to sit down and like I'm like oh I'm enjoying this like lighthearted story and then realize I'm like oh I've already like two thirds of the way through this book. I might as well just finish it mm-hmm. and sit down and read a whole book in a sitting. It's great. Mm. Also, the Anita Blake books because you know sometimes you need Hell some yeah. good old smut with vampires. Hell yeah, not, not just vampires, also shapeshifters and all kinds of people. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Comfort media. Yeah. What about what about you, Brandon? Do you have any books that you're you're like, oh yeah, Harry that Potter, book. Harry Potter. Hmm. Oh, it, feel, it feels good every time. It's just such a, a nice, easy read. It's familiar. I uh, I get to you know transport out of out of my mind into that that Hogwarts adventure time, and uh, so oh, that yeah. that's a good one for me. I come back to Harry Potter for a. I usually don't make it through the whole series, but every couple of years I'm like, ah, time to hit through Harry Potter again. And I'll usually get through book four or five and then get distracted by something else I'd like to read. Um, I, I also don't do a lot of rereading just because the time commitment's pretty big right. for reading. So it's pretty rare that I will reread something. Harry Potter is an exception. Um, I think I mentioned that my, after I finished the, fantasy series i'm working on now i think my next plan is to reread the the driz duerden series again for the first time in a long time i think i'm like 14 books behind so my plan (laughs) is to restart at at the beginning and and go through that whole series again and then let it sit for another i'm at the point eight years i could not start over again (laughs) sure Now, but, are you going to read them in in publication order no, or chronological? Chronological. Start Hell with that. Hell yeah, Homeland series. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. That one's good, and that I probably I probably have read that first trilogy a few times. Um, but now that it's, one's my favorite. It's good. It's special. Uh, you you really get to see that fun Driz and his dad and Driz meeting Gwen for the first time. There's a lot of nice stuff. Yeah. I love I love that stuff. I love oh, it. Yeah. I just there's there's certain books that I don't know if I could revisit. I really hate storylines in any books that or shows where there is a miscommunication and people miss each other and there's that mm. whole part where him and Cadbury are like Oh yeah. Yeah, no. Mm, can't do it. Mm-mm, I would the, I can't do it again. There's a bit of that for sure. <laughs> um yeah, so. there is some sad stuff in that series. Wolfgar has a pretty tragic story Absolutely. for a while where he goes off alone. Um, I, you know, 
spoiler, 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 spoiler alert. Right around the time I think where I left off, Driz had pretty much lost all of his friends and was sort of like, now what do I do? Live for like 800 more years, I guess. Um, so yeah, th- th- that's yeah. an emotional series, I think for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but a comforting one, I think for me, certainly sure. yeah. I, I obviously I love the Dungeons and Dragons universe. I love fantasy novels. I think they're really accessible reads. They're not Lord of the Rings type reading. Um, mm-hmm. and they're, it's, it's chock full of nostalgia for me. So I really think if we're thinking about comfort media, it hits a lot of the big kind of p- markers for me for what mm-hmm. makes something comforting. Mm-hmm. And, it's and there's always and there's comedy in those in those oh, books for sure. too for mm-hmm. sure, yeah. Especially you get earlier in that Bruner is um, oh yeah he's so funny yes and some of the other there's that one druid character I don't remember his name he's kind of silly and kind of moves mm-hmm. through trees eventually at one point and yeah some of the other dwarves are are rather funny so yeah I, mm-hmm. I think that's that's one that in the past was a comfort sort of novel for me or series that I'm pretty excited to revisit. And I don't know. I don't know if I should turn that into something. Maybe I should journal or blog my, my journey through the, the story of Drizzt again as an adult. Yes. I don't know. Do it. Do something with it. Do it. I've At least been, take some notes. Yeah, I have. I, I ever since, um, Lauren, when you documented all of the media you consumed for a year, that made me so much more intentional about the media that I consume and like trying to be really thoughtful about like, okay, I've, I've played this game or I've watched this movie. Now, what did that really mean? And it's, I want to start like writing it down or doing something with it because I don't know, I have thoughts about everything. And even if it's just for myself, I thought that was such a cool thing that you did with that. Yeah, well, stay tuned because uh, I've been doing it again this year. So. I love it. Can't wait. <laughs> Another end of the year recap coming Hell our yeah. way. Yeah, so that'll be fun to look back and see what was the most comforting kind of stuff maybe that you hit on mm. uh, or consumed over the year. I don't know. Comfort media. Oh, it's yeah. so good, right? It's, it's so good. There's a lot to it. It's it's a big it's a big kind of question. It's a big construct. What makes something comforting? And I'm really curious, people who are listening, what are the pieces of media that are comforting for you and maybe maybe more interesting for me even than what is it? Why is that comforting for you to kind of consume that media? What is it about it? Does it remind you of better times? Does it induce positive emotions? Um, does it distract you from challenging or difficult life events or thoughts? What is it about it that that makes it a good source of comfort for you? I think that's such a cool topic. I I think this has been a pretty fun and uh, hopefully interesting discussion. Let us Absolutely. know and uh, give Brandon more data points than just the three of us. Yeah, I need a bigger yeah. sample size. And you can tell us your responses uh, on the Discord which you can connect to on geektherapy.com slash discord or over on the forums. For example, if you have a lot of media that is comforting to you and you really want to talk about it, you need a lot of space for your Mm -hmm. words, the forum is the place for you. And that would be forum.geektherapy.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're all pretty active on there. Um... And uh, the the show is at Geek Therapy, and I am at Chicken Dinosaur. Brandon is at Brandon underscore Saxton, and Laura is at Geek Therapist. And we haven't done the Twitter handles in a long time because they're in the show notes, but I just wanted to show off that I remembered them. What? That was by memory? That's right. That That was was by memory. Wow. I'm impressed. Josue goes away, and we rebel. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. And um, remember to geek out and do good as much as you possibly can. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters. We'd like to say a very special thank you to our Patreon producers this month, Ben, Booney, Jamila, John, Kat, Lydia, Mark, and to our anonymous producers, thank you too. To learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy. 